0: Always been witches in the world, blood witches and fairborn witches. My name is Nathan Byrne. The bastard son of the devil
1: himself.
0: My father is Marcus Edge.
1: Who wipe out our kind until there's nothing left. Why aren't you supposed to talk to me? You know why. Evil dad. Evil dad.
2: Oh, teenagers, am I right?
0: welcome to corn killers the <laughs> show about watching the stuff you love when you want where you want however you want i am to merit <laughs> i'm oh two mirrors uh i'm
2: brains brushwood <laughs> see this is the problem with all with doing anything on halloween is everybody's already thinking about thanksgiving and half of them already have their christmas decorations up by the time they I hear know. this yeah uh, no, uh exactly. but
1: bryce uh 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 what, what's Bryce your spooky name, Bryce? D- Dice Castillo. D- Dice. Dice. Dice Castillo. Maybe. Dice. I don't know. Someone's yeah. emailing. Oh, uh, die.
2: Uh, uh. Bryce Cascio. Like the cask of Amontillado. Hmm.
0: I was looking workshop- for Bryce Scarestio. Okay. Oh.
1: Okay, we're not picking favorites. It's is just is a so brand story. <laughs> oh, now uh, what, was, what was that preview, Brian? That was the trailer for Netflix's The Bastard Son and the Devil <laughs> Himself. This is a it looks to be like a young adult fantasy series on Netflix about a young man who's got witchy sort of powers and an evil dad. Mm. That is already mm. streaming on Netflix. It's out now. So check it out. The Bastard Son and the Devil Is himself. his
0: dad the devil? Because it's called The Bastard Son and the Devil Himself? Or is uh, that... I mean, reading it. It's
1: probably over. I don't think this is a very smart. I w- okay. It looks cool, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a,
0: a complex. <laughs> got, it. Uh, got it. Yeah. Too much. Don't, don't look for that much depth. It, it's it. like
1: yeah. we titled it The
2: Movie with the Twist at the End. <laughs> I don't understand.
0: Yeah. Don't hurt yourself thinking about it. You'll ruin the fun. All right. Let's get on to the primary target. Ooh,
2: fight Castillo.
0: <laughs> fight
2: Caslayo. Uh,
0: James, James Gunn. And producer Peter Safran have been named co-chairman and chief executive officers of DC Studios as of November 1st. So probably when a lot of you are listening to this, they replace Walter Hamada uh, and will report to Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav. Uh, like Dick Cheney getting the job of vice president because he was advising president Bush who to pick for vice president Gunn and Safran were advising Zaslav on who they thought should take over DC. And they ended up getting the job themselves after he winds up his existing commitments, AKA guardians three, uh, which is coming out on May 5th Gunn will be exclusive to Warner. Uh, the team will inherit the flash, which has wrapped uh, Aquaman and the lost kingdom, which is currently in post-production and a Batman script due in 2025, uh, and then there's the the question of Superman. Uh, are we are are we getting more Henry Cavill? Henry Cavill's out there saying, "Yeah, I'm going to be Superman." So it looks like maybe that will happen.
2: So there's a temptation to assume. That when somebody advises, somebody in the role of director, somebody who understands and beloved, you know, loves a writer director, loves a property and does it, suddenly, you know, let me advise you on who to be boss. Oh, it's me. Um, there's a temptation to think there's a Machiavellian ladder climbing, some little. Finger action or whatever, uh, mm. but honestly, I think little that,
0: finger from Game of Thrones for anybody who didn't catch that reference. Uh, yeah, it's not no, as I weird I, as it I, I had
2: to breathe between little and finger, and I really regret <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, the there is something to be said about. Um, people who are good at one thing aren't necessarily good at managing a team of people to do that thing. Uh, the canonical example is you take your best salesperson, you promote them to manager, and all of a sudden you have a disastrous division because they're good at selling. They're not good at managing mm-hmm. and inspiring a team and deciding how to do this. So um, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to assume that in good faith, these these two didn't want to have the jobs, uh, but instead were genuinely explaining this is what we want to be empowered to tell wonderful stories within the DC universe. And then at some point they were asked, well, why don't you want it? And and, and I I would absolutely believe that they would resist the opportunity for the promotion because then you're on the hook for all of, of the downside and you get none of the joy of creation. Uh, it's, it sounds like it sounds like it was a brave thing for them to take the gig on from what I'm sort of,
0: yeah, yeah, I, 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 could imagine a scenario where Zaslav is asking Gunn and Safran who should replace Walter Hamada. Who is the person, the singular person? And they keep having conversations where they say something along the lines of, "Well, well, you need the managerial experience of of Peter here, uh, with the with the love of the of the uh, product and the creativity of James here." Uh, and maybe Zaslav just eventually got to the point where he's like, well, what if I just hire both of you instead of one person? And because that's what all the articles have played up is that Peter Safran is the the steady, calm hand. He's the person who can negotiate with with people and get them on board uh, and manage things well. Whereas James Gunn is the one who's going to be like, the, the greatest thing about DC is this and that, and that's what we need to pull in, uh, where other directors might be not wanting to work with James Gunn, they'll work with Peter Safran. Uh, And where Peter Safran might not have the creative chops uh, to do what DC needs to do to to rival Marvel in a universe, James Gunn might, because he, like Kevin Feige, loves the DC universe. In fact, Gunn said, people asked him, like, what do you think Kevin Feige's going to think? He's like, he thinks it's great. He was one of the first person people I called because he's one of the few people who can understand what I'm about to do. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and I can equally, I, I like the
2: scenario you painted because I can totally see two people in a room each explaining why, well, I can't do the job because while I'm good at this one right. part, you need somebody who part. can do the yeah. other thing. And then at some point it's like, all right, you two get a room in the office suite.
0: Join <laughs> us. What What do you think about the James Gunn side of this, the creative side of this? I mean, it is true that Suicide Squad and that his Suicide Squad and Peacemaker have been two of the most well-received DC enterprises. He certainly did a fantastic job with Guardians as well. It's quite beloved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but those are all things he did, not him setting out a vision for other people. Um, so, so I would
2: say, and I would hope, that the same engine that drives him on set to write amazing things uh, built into that. uh, 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 This is what I'm picturing metaphor incoming. Um, If you picture kind of a a pyramid hierarchy or whatever, yeah, you've got execution at top. You've got um, uh, 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 the actual ability to uh, know what to write and have the vision. But at the very beginning, before all of that, at the base of the pyramid is the ability to discern what is good and what is good, what is not. And my guess is that doesn't go away. So even though he's in a different role, if he is willing to put in the time and the focus and actually look through all the garbage and patiently explain this is why this is not working, to fix it, if I were on set, I would do blank, 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 and blank. But at the very least, you must eliminate blank, 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 and blank. So he could be very, very good. and and you want to talk about somebody who knows what it's like to be boots on the ground in the trenches, mm-hmm. somebody who's sure. promoted from within to uh, to be. I I mean another metaphor. Uh, uh, this somebody who we've seen as a foot soldier, seen somebody as a squadron commander, and you know, yeah, give him the job of general. I mean, I I think I I, I believe he's an excellent communicator, and uh, we watched him. Uh, we watched Disney cancel him. Disney. And we watched him weather the storm so well that Disney came back and said, hey, no hard feelings about that whole throwing you under the bus thing. Would you like to come back and finish that? I mean, this is those are the marks of, of stewardship and of uh, stoicism and being a good communicator that I would expect would be an exceptional leader.
0: Now, the, the next question I have, because I, I, I agree with all of that, uh, is do you think he should do? If you were James Gunn, what would you do with the DC universe? Cause up until now it's been sort of a, like, well, we've got a little bit of a consistent thing around Superman and Batman and Aquaman people kind of like that, but we're also going to go wild and do Joker stuff and, and, and uh, other things. And we're going to have a Joker sequel, but it won't be really in the same universe as this. And we'll just kind of tear up the, the continuity card. Should he try to emulate the MCU or, should he go more and and lean farther into that direction of, of silos within the DC universe?
2: Uh, Not in the least, should he attempt to do anything like what they, what they accomplished in the first 20 something episodes of the MCU. As a matter of fact, the best parts of the MCU, and I mean, best by the numbers, by the metrics, according to rotten tomatoes.com, the best Marvel movie of the last 20 years was Logan something that absolutely was divorced from the MCU. It was a Marvel property in a sideways, sideways, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, timeline. Uh, and in fact, to get to a place where Marvel's able to tell new stories, they had to break their entire universe, uh, almost literally in the forms of fracturing, you know, the multiverse and so on and explaining that to people. DC has never had that problem, does not have this problem DC, who did a Batman movie, and then five years later rebooted Batman again, uh, which I said would never work, and then uh, turns out turns out Christopher Nolan knows how to direct a good movie, Uh, and and, and Christian Bale, pretty good Batman. Turns out,
0: I what what Marvel has been doing, what Kevin Feige has been doing, I, I think in some ways could be seen as taking what Marvel did as a comics universe and borrowing from it to do the same for the cinematic universe, which is retconning things to provide continuity when it makes for a good series. Uh, ah, we'll explain this because we have a multiverse and, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I wonder if James Gunn can borrow other parts of what DC has done, where sometimes you just, you know, you have two different Superman comic series telling two different Superman stories that are independent of each other. Uh, you know, you have your action comics and you have your Superman uh, and they just barrel on next to each other. Can he steal something from that? I don't know what it looks like in the cinematic universe. Could, could he do that instead uh, and yeah, just yeah. say, well, we're just going to tell good stories, good, good mini series, if you will, except they're movies, not mini series and comics.
2: I mean, everything you're describing sounds like a very James Gunn decision whether or not he could pull it off, uh, certainly if he was behind the camera or, or on set, I believe he could. Whether or not he could do it as, as you know the, the general in charge, who knows. Yeah. But uh, I look forward to bizarre corners of the DC universe being brought to light. I can't wait for a Plastic Man movie. Just all right? kinds of bonkers stuff.
0: Just free yourself to just be like, yeah, we're making a Plastic Man movie. It doesn't have to fit in with anything else and Superman could be in it and could be played by somebody who's not Henry Cavill because it's not part of that series. I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does. The, 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 my last thought on this is that what Kevin Feige brought to his role was, I recognize that you all directors have various talents. So I'm just going to set boundaries and let you tell your kind of story. Uh, So if you're Taika Waititi, you're going to tell a much more, entertaining comical story of Thor than a different director will. And that's fine. As long as you're within these boundaries. Uh, I, I wonder if James Gunn is able to do the same.
2: Uh, I, I, <laughs> um, man, I, I don't know whether or not he'll be successful, but I would be shocked if he couldn't. Like, uh, th- There's a difference between whether he can and whether he will. I can't yeah. speak to whether he will, but everything I've seen so far tells me he can.
0: That there's no reason he couldn't. Right. Uh, the, the The only difference between him is that he's got more of a director ego. Like I've done this, I've done that, and that can get in your way if you're if you're talking to somebody who's like. Well, but what if I do this? Kevin Feige might be more willing to go like, sure, uh, whatever, man, that's fine. And James Gunn would be like, well, but the problem with doing that is because, I, you know, when I was directing blah, 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 blah.
2: Uh, I don't know, dude. Uh, during the Sony, the Sony email hack, uh, I, I don't think I really plowed into them, but like there were what were alleged to be emails of Kevin Feige giving notes on D- DC properties that he had seen screeners of. And it's like all of them pitch perfect and he was like mm-hmm. kevin feige did not have a problem saying this makes no sense why are you doing this yeah. seems like you should do this you don't need to look he's friendly neighborhood spider-man i understand why you're doing this this way and then he goes on to later have that exact line where tony stark says why don't you just be the friendly neighborhood spider-man instead of all this it's as though he's speaking directly to sony in that yeah, moment. yeah yeah
0: no that's a very very good point uh well we like to take notes from our boss
2: uh yeah but the problem is most of you guys and 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 we're sorry you you a lot of you guys only have one, two, three, five bosses. We're we're on a quest to get as many bosses as possible, and to get as yeah, many notes, notes as possible. All Absolutely. the notes, all the bosses. We're like we're pretty much the best talent out there. You can you mm-hmm. can hammer us around, and we'll celebrate your notes and read them live on the air. If you head on over to Patreon.com/slash/CordKillers, that's where you can keep us loud, live, and independent. You get your own RSS feed. You get exclusive access to our after talk segment where we share secrets with you that sometimes mm-hmm. uh befuddle some of you. <laughs> uh as a matter of fact, there was a really, really good email I got from somebody in our after talk segment asking um uh whether or not movies should be canceled along with the issues that were associated with them. And I and I wrote back to our boss saying uh oh no 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 we're not saying the movie's bad I was asking in the after talk segment whether or not we wanted to have a public dis- discussion about this highly thorny issue uh, mm-hmm. regarding the movie. Uh, all of that is possible. It's like an interactive video game that you get to participate in. Be our boss. Head on over to patreon.com slash cord
0: Let's talk about how to watch. All right, uh, let's dip back into the history of Cord Killers. In fact, uh, Cord Killers' predecessor, Frame Rate. Let's let's even move back beyond that. Uh, the the roots of Cord Killers and Frame Rate, uh, from where I sit, uh, came with my coverage of of cord cutting in its earliest days at CNET. And back then, in January two thousand seven, I covered Netflix launching its streaming version of its service. In May of that same year, the online video platform Grouper became Sony's Crackle. In October 2007, Hulu launched. And then things were quiet in the streaming world till around 2014. That's when we got CBS All Access and HBO Now, the first version of HBO. You didn't need a cable subscription in order to stream online. 2018 brought us ESPN+. Plus. 2019 was the Plus Avalanche, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, BET Plus, 2020 Saw Peacock, and HBO Max. 2021 brought us Discovery Plus and the change of CBS All Access to Paramount Plus. And along the way, there were a lot of smaller launches. Uh, I can't name them all, but your Crunchyroll, your Shudder, your BritBox, which brings us to 2022. GammaWire notes that even when you consider services with less than a million subscribers, no major streaming services have launched in 2022. And there are no announcements for new services in 2023. Folks, you've been honest. You've been talking to us saying, ah, when will it end? Too many services and they just keep adding more. Well, Brian, it looks like we're at peak services. Is it time to start the Deadpool? Yeah, well,
2: Deadpool would imply anybody would ever admit that they failed and are giving up. Instead, what we're going to see is uh, much like a a gazelle might insist it's still rocking at being a gazelle while being digested by a lion. I think that's what (laughs) we're going to see in the streaming space nobody's going to admit I'm to ever failing <laughs> i mean i mean right everything's going to get bought and merged and and mm,
0: i i think you'll get some actual shutdowns i think you'll get some actual like we are we are closing this service cuz we, we've seen that we we've seen a couple of them just get fully shut down uh but i think you're right the bigger ones are probably just going to get eaten uh and and my guess is they will get eaten when their companies get eaten. Uh, <laughs> I, I was talking to someone who was in the industry, uh, and they were pointing Sources out- Sources familiar with the matter. Yeah, there is, uh, there's a, a clock on when Warner Brothers Discovery can sell itself again. So nobody can go acquire Warner Brothers Discovery right now because of the terms of their, their spinoff agreement, their merger agreement. Uh, there's also a clock on when Comcast and Disney have to agree on the buyout terms of Hulu, and there's this whole public dance where the the Comcast folks are out there, you know, pointing out how awesome Hulu is, and they'd be happy to buy it uh, to try to drive up the price that they're going to get from Disney. But within the next couple of years, both those clocks are going to run out, and so we're in a quiet period because everybody's waiting to see who does what then. Once those clocks run out. We'll know how much Comcast is going to get from Disney because it's it's almost unthinkable that, that Disney would sell Hulu to Comcast. Could happen, but it's probably not going to happen. But everybody's waiting to see how much Comcast gets and what they use that money for. And then, whether it's Comcast or somebody else, Who's going to try to buy Warner Brothers Discovery, because a lot of the conventional wisdom is that it's just waiting to get, you know, snapped up by somebody, whether it's Disney, whether it's Comcast, whether it's Amazon, Netflix, I don't know. Uh, And then you will start to see everybody else go. Paramount is a likely target. Lionsgate is a likely target. Uh, and, And you'll just get a bunch of consolidation. And so when that happens is when you see, oh, Paramount Plus has been folded into whoever acquired Paramount, uh, stuff like that. So I I feel like we're just going to be coasting here for a couple of years.
2: Uh, A couple of thoughts pop into my mind. the very last thing that you mentioned, I was like, that sounds like it's something we've been through. And I realized I was thinking of ultraviolet and about how they're like, congratulations, your stuff is now on voodoo or, or what, what, what have you. Uh, the, um, uh, the other question I have is, do you, do you think that on that great list beginning in 2007, is there room to fudge it back two years and include YouTube on that list? Uh, because YouTube didn't set out to be a streaming giant, but they most certainly are at
0: this moment. I, I thought about that, and I, I classed YouTube differently. Because as soon as you include YouTube, you're including creator videos, right? You're not including uh, studio-led production. So I drew the line at studio. Uh, Netflix, Peacock, et cetera, these are all studio-led productions. Because once you throw YouTube in there, well, YouTube is arguably as big or bigger uh, than a lot of these, uh, certainly stream wise, certainly revenue wise. And then you have to start saying, well, what about TikTok? What about the, you know, many? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think I, of the French I, I one might, that's out there. And I'm, it starts to feel like, well, that that's a that that is a valid space and a valuable space, but it's it's kind of like comparing apples and pears. Not exactly not the same, but it's it's more useful to draw the line and talk about what's going on within the studio led production. Thing.
2: Although I do, because think I you, think
0: it's different.
2: I think you could draw a line with the announcement Daily of YouTube motion, red, you. uh, which was what, uh, 20, yes. 2012, yeah. so? you,
0: YouTube red, YouTube premium, whatever they, they called it, different right. thing. Once over the they years, started writing they were checks directly to, to
2: creators, they be, they entered that clubhouse and up and until then they, then, they were it. just a distribution platform that, you know, made ads. And although back in 2005, uh, It was nothing but piracy. It was piracy, the site.
0: And, well, the monkey at the zoo. It was those two things. (laughs) The the very first YouTube video.
1: Oh, was it really? I
0: thought it was an elephant. Yeah, it was. Was it an elephant? Maybe it was an elephant. I always remember it as a monkey, though. But anyway. um, Yeah, I... I, I think YouTube flirted with getting into that space. that's that's how we got. Uh, oh, yeah. is it an elephant? Yeah, it is oh, yeah. an elephant. Look yeah, at that. look at that., uh, but that that's how we got. um that's how we got uh, Cobra Kai, right? right.
2: which has gone off on its own. Uh, th- that was another question I had is is do we count like properties that want to remain independent? But it occurs to me that, of all the over-the-top services we're talking about, uh, everybody owns their content. They just sort of rent it out to people at, at various studios at various times.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think there is a useful division between like this this kind of content that is traditionally on television so, and, the, and the studio production quality of it and the high-quality creator content that you, for instance, and me uh, make. That goes on youtube that is a little more wild west uh and and youtube native so to speak
2: so here's a question i have uh if what we want is maximum choice convenience fidelity every you know, well, we, want know we want the best of everything choice
0: well Do we want choice people seem to not want choice well but,
2: but we also like simplicity i mean what i mean look mm-hmm. uh, we can want all of the highly contradictory things at the same time.
0: Sure. Okay. If, gotcha. gotcha I if,
2: gotcha. Given that we want everything, should we be cheering for companies to fold into other companies? Because otherwise, like, does that take us right back to cable? Does that take us back to the yeah. same position of, you know, only having one choice and that's the, all you can eat buffet where you only eat three items, but you pay for everyone else.
0: Yeah. And I, and that is what I've constantly said to people when they complain about there's too many services is don't get them all. It's going to shake out, pick the ones that you like. Don't feel like you have to watch everything. This isn't cable television where you get all the channels, whether you watch them or not pick the ones you want to watch. And I think we're in, we're now at the moment where that picking is going to make a difference because no one else is entering the market. So now your choices are really going to affect things, which is why we've seen on the past couple of shows, we've talked about these surveys that say more people are cutting subscriptions and yet more people have multiple subscriptions. And it seems like, well, if they're cutting subscriptions, why are they keeping multiple subscriptions? It's because they had many subscriptions and they're now cutting down to just the ones that they feel like they have to have. And as that happens, there's going to be winners and losers, and there's going to be ones that go out of business. Now, now to circle that back around to your question, how many do we want left? Uh, how many is 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 a healthy competition? Because I don't think we end up going back to cable where there's one distributor uh, choking off the the point and saying, you know, you you have to go through us to get anything. I don't I don't think you're going to get that, but I do think we'll, we'll land on, I don't know, three to five big ones and maybe a half dozen or more smaller ones, uh, that get added on out there. So this is
2: my, let's, let's define failure because we both agree that, that a, a collapse of everything that we're hoping for would be going back to just one way to get everything and you have to take everything or nothing. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I also understand the paralysis of choice, uh, and the complete balkanization of everybody who makes any, you know, <laughs> we're the network that only does the third episode of season two of this one series. Uh, I, I, there's some moment you want to cut that off. And so to that extent, you do want to see some amount of consolidation. And like we talked about, I think HBO Max has done a wonderful job of combining a lot of garbage television with a lot of really good TV. And I just tend to watch the really good TV. Um, What I worry about is I don't know what the right number is. And this is where I remind everyone Mm -hmm. chordkillers at gmail.com, write in and take your guess, stake your, your bet. Um, At some point, the consolidation is going to reach a small enough number of haves over the have nots that it will no longer be a credible threat that I don't need your service, I'm going to go somewhere else. And instead, they're going to start asking for things like a year-long contract so that you can get the best price. They're going to lock you in, and -hmm. they're not going to make it easy to unsubscribe because basically as they get closer to a cartel and oligopoly or what have you, um, they're going to start acting like one, which is exactly what cable was. That's cable slash satellite.
0: C- cable had such a lock on the market, uh, that it was, even if you had a choice like satellite, it was a difficult choice. It was some people are like, yeah, but then I had to call a person and they come out and go on my roof. And, and so a lot of people just didn't want to do it, even though it was a choice, the pressure you have here will be different. There's, there's no pressure on distribution. You can always find somebody else. Cause it's the web, right? It's the, it's the internet. Uh, the question will be who's got the content and. There will be native content like what Netflix makes, like NBC Universal making shows for Peacock, and there will be non-native content, like a Lionsgate or a sony who who aren't operating their own streaming services uh, or their streaming services that they operate are smaller enough that they they're going to make more money s- selling things out to other people at which point there is a pressure of uh, those smaller companies saying, well, if you're not doing as well and people aren't using your service, I'm going to move and take my my deal somewhere else, which means that you as a consumer can vote with your feet and say, well, I really like all that Hallmark stuff that's on that service. Well, that's interesting. But It's too expensive and they're trying to do contracts so i'm going to go to netflix which has some similar stuff and if enough people do that the hallmark stuff then goes well we're not getting the money out of you anymore we're moving over to amazon and I, and, and so you've get you got a lot more wiggle room in there for competition
2: uh you bring up a really good point in that mobility for consumers is important but equally important is mobility for producers the ability for them to say we don't like your. Deal now that it, our three-year engagement is over, we're going to take yeah, it somewhere yeah. else. Uh, I'd rather they had ten different places to take their deal and shop it around rather than three. Uh, also, Bryce uh, posted something really wise in the chat just now. Uh, 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 can you can you share what what you put in there?
1: Oh yeah. Well, when before Disney Plus was launching, they were making the big sell to everyone like, "Hey, lock in your low price for three years," and then after those three years, they <sniffs> raised the prices. So nobody really locked in anything, um, but HBO Max well, they did the locked same it thing. in for three years. But they didn't change yeah. the price during. Oh, that doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, HBO Max did a very similar thing of prepay for a year, we'll give you a cut, which I don't think is. I I think that's smart to offer, and you know these streaming services know that consumers are getting very price conscious, especially with all of the news of price hikes. No one's bringing prices down, um, so we already seen some of the annual well and sales. and yeah that,
0: i and i think that's really smart to 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 sell a contract not as a lock in but as a like as an option like you can pay monthly we're not going to stop we're not going to stop you from paying monthly yeah. or you can get a cheaper deal uh, you know and then go with the year yeah yeah
2: yeah I, I i i i don't know what success looks like for sure but uh cordkillers at gmail.com.
0: yeah we we are we are cresting uh, the roller coaster uh, into a new era of cord cutting and and if if you know the answer, uh, well, tell us so <laughs> by, that we can all benefit from it.
2: By the way, I just realized I totally walked past your question of is it time to start a deadpool? And I realized, uh, no, because I don't want to see any of them fail. <laughs> like I love choice. Uh, so I guess I guess that all feels icky to me. would be the answer to your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. All right, let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. I like <laughs> Uh, speaking of Henry Cavill season three of the witcher is coming next year with Henry Cavill as, as Geralt of Rivia. Uh, and Netflix says it's going to make a season four, just not with Henry Cavill. Uh, in fact, they did an interesting thing and had Henry Cavill and Liam Hemsworth both come out and say, congratulations, Liam Hemsworth is going to take over as Geralt of Rivia in season four. They didn't give a reason why this is happening. One suspects it has to do with Cavill being Superman, but uh, what, do you, what do you think of, of just full on just recasting it and saying like, yeah, yeah we're all happy with this? We've, we've seen a lot of recasting sometimes working well, sometimes not. We
2: saw a little bit of that in Game of Thrones. But a character this major, I mean, unless, unless they die and regenerate as another iteration of themselves, <laughs> we, we don't yeah. see very often.
0: I, well, and you ought, you will sometimes see this happen under the rug, like oh, a contract fell out, so you know, there. Uh, yes, so and so will be taking over the role, or or uh, in in sadder situations, an actor dies, like in Harry Potter, uh, and they had to recast Dumbledore. Uh, in that series of movies, but this, this is just very much like Henry Cavill, like, Hey, I'll be gone for season four, but Liam's got this. Everybody enjoy. Uh, Liam's like, yeah, man, I'm so honored to be taking over the role as if it's the most normal thing in the world. Uh, You know what? I'm actually down for it. I I would actually
2: like it if that was sort of the, I don't know. We see that, that all the time with like a Sherlock Holmes and what have you. Um, Yeah. It's, it's only theater.
0: When right, you, when right. You go in see a play, a, a, you don't a, a expect a to, Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would uh, love in fact, to they, normalize. They celebrate
0: this. when it's like, oh, uh, uh, Liam Neeson will be departing this role in this this fantastic play, uh, but but uh, Liam Hemsworth will be taking over the role, and people like get excited. They're like, oh, I, I want to go see Liam Hemsworth before it's done, but but it'll be fun to see this new take uh, on it. I, I wonder if they'll reference it inside the show too.
2: Oh, I hope they don't. Um, I, I, I hope they also kind of change up tonally. I mean, I, we've seen this work with multiple seasons of Doctor Who. I, I would love to see it. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, I want to see a lot more change than the lead role. Of course, you know, I ain't watched his show. So what do I know?
0: Yeah. And Doctor Who has it built into the plot right. in a way that I don't think The Witcher does. Unless they changed how it works. I mean, somehow, ain't no reason the doctor can't show could. up on
2: the Witcher, technically. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? and there are or, a lot of the Witcher could,
0: Yeah, the Witcher could go through a transformation. But 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 Liam's playing Geralt of Rivia, according to the announcement. Uh, well, but the Witchers, the thing about the...
1: Okay, the thing about the Witchers is that they're mutants, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so they get subjected to yeah, really weird he can things. Mutate again, we- right? can mutate again, right? Oh, I got yeah. a I got a new face potion and now I'm now I'm Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> <Right>? Okay, whatever. <laughs> hey yeah. man,
2: I'm going undercover as Liam Hemsworth. Oh no, uh, I stepped on the wrong square and now I'm trapped in this. I'm oh, Liam well. Hemsworth forever.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean they uh, I, they kind of like that.
2: However, cautionary tale. That's kind of why I fell off on watching Legion uh was when everybody was not in the body of the original actors that played them. Mm. And then then I was like, okay, I understand why you did that for budgetary reasons, but also
1: just like Netflix was positioning The Witcher as like their big franchise. Yeah, they're doing all the animation spin-offs and everything. Yeah. Kind of a weird look for your prime for your main actor of the main series to go away.
0: Which is why it's so brilliant to just embrace it and be like, oh no, no, this is all part of the plan. Yeah. I bet there's a plot. I bet there's a plot uh, element. Maybe that they jump it. forwards or backwards
1: in time, however you think of Hemsworth recap. <laughs> face potion. They, they, I like they, your face potion like, idea. Huh, yeah. huh.
2: Oh, Gerald, you look younger, oh, older, thinner. Uh, certainly thinner.
1: Um, here. <laughs> 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 I wonder if they're going to use the same bad white wig <laughs> for both of them.
2: <laughs> Yeah. It turns that, out that's that, the plot the, device the, the, is he gets stabbed as a wig falls off and somebody else, the a kid takes on the wig and transforms
0: and into becomes. Title card. Yeah. The Wigcher. <laughs> the Wigcher. Brilliant. Uh you know what else is brilliant? Is this trailer trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special coming November twenty-fifth to Disney Plus, directed by James Gunn uh future uh, almost DC studio head uh, and starring Kevin Bacon, because the plot seems to be that the crew tries to capture Kevin Bacon to give him to star Lord, to cheer him up about Gamora. Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, everything about this on paper <laughs> sounds terrible except you said the words James Gunn and because I watched the trailer and because uh, I love the idea of them doing more crazy specials like this, that, that are Canon question mark, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, I'm a hundred percent in watch the trailer. It looks truly joyous. Uh, it, It looks fun and funny and, and all over the place
0: much greater than the sum of its parts from my description just now. Like you, you really do. This is one where you really do need to see the the trailer. Uh, Next year's doctor. We were just talking about doctor who next year's doctor who specials uh, will be coming in November and will be exclusively on Disney plus everywhere outside the UK and Ireland. Uh, One viewer said that they were going to get them on, on uh, Canadian TV outside of Disney plus Uh, I I was not able to track down confirmation on that, but, but generally speaking, Disney plus will have it anywhere that the BBC isn't broadcasting it. Uh, There will be three specials. Uh, They will be the first specials under the return of Russell T Davis and will lead into a new regular season starring in Kuti Gatwa taking over as the doctor. Uh, But yeah, uh, uh, up until now, Doctor Who has kind of been like in the back catalog. It's jumped around from streaming service to streaming service, but new episodes you had to watch on BBC America, which is an AMC joint operation with the BBC. Uh, and so you could get them on AMC plus sometimes, but not all the time. Uh, and it looks like uh, now these will just uh, be Disney plus. Uh, Disney has locked up the doctor.
2: I am I am certain we've discussed this before. Um, is Is Doctor Who in any way... Funded the create or that property by uh, tax dollars or or, or license fees okay. or uh, government uh, I involvement. I believe I
0: know the the answer to this question, and uh, and uh, you Brits uh, that know for sure uh, send links uh, to explain if I if I get it wrong, but. It used to be entirely funded through the BBC, which, yes, was funded through the TV license service. TV license is optional. It's not a mandatory tax. If you don't if you want TV. have a television and watch over-the-air TV, you have to pay it. Uh, the only way you can get away with not paying it is to claim that you never watch anything over-the-air on your television. I have a friend who has been able to successfully make that claim and says my tv is only streaming i i do not watch anything from the bbc and therefore i do not want to pay the bbc license fee and he got away with it uh but most people just end up paying it uh and so it's a voluntary tax but almost everybody pays it anyway that used to be where the doctor who got their funding uh but i believe now there is a production company that is handling doctor who uh, for the BBC, so it's a contract. Uh, and and so the, there is still some of that BBC money coming into it, but there's also all these other ways to make money off of it, one of which is to sell the licensing rights to, to Disney+. Plus.
2: Right, and uh, I suppose the larger discussion point is like 10 years ago, Uh, I think it was about 10 years ago that they launched uh, iPlayer and that you had access to the entire back catalog of BBC things uh, as long as you were in England or could... Yeah, and paid there. the
0: license fee. Yeah. Uh,
2: correct, yes. Uh, but but things always get a little bit uh, gnarly whenever a government institution or a government-funded thing goes off and partners with a private uh, institution because then the you know, questions of cronyism and is this a judicious use of tax dollars or whatever, uh, at this point, um, uh, boy, that's that's got to be a thorny mess to untangle. And uh, having said all that, uh, it does seem like very few people would be upset with them partnering partnering with Disney Plus, especially given the fact that originally uh, Doctor Who was conceived of as a you know a daily children's uh, TV serial.
0: Yeah, as a kid show. Yeah, uh, and and there there's a lot of push and pull and controversy and and arguments about whether the BBC should continue to be funded by the license fee uh and if not where it should be funded from how it should be funded uh so any of this money that's trickling over to the bbc is also another way for them to show that they could fund themselves uh one way or another um it's it's very much not a simple issue though uh what i will point out though is uh, the doctor has regenerated less frequently than the prime minister recently? So that's kind <laughs> oh of fun. My God. <laughs> All right, uh, there's a trailer out, getting enough buzz that it's worth asking if this might be Peacock's first hit, uh, unless you think there was a Peacock hit already, uh, and and arguably Fresh Prince has been kind of a hit for Peacock. Yep, so, it, Yeah. Uh, you could, you could make, you could make an argument for Bel Air. Uh, But Poker Face is a series from Ryan Johnson starring Natasha Lyonne. Uh, And I'm seeing a lot more buzz for it than I saw for Bel Air at a similar point before it aired. Uh, It's a 10 episode mystery of the week series. Natasha Lyonne plays Charlie who has the ability to tell if people are lying. Uh, There's a ton of stars in it, uh, including Adrian Brody, and it's coming to Peacock January twenty sixth with four episodes. Then goes weekly.
2: Uh, Natasha Leone is is my kids' generations. Columbo. She's got the voice and uh, everything. That that gritty. Just one that one thing's not adding up for me. Uh, I love everything about this trailer. I love everything about uh, this uh, actor. Um, if, if if I love that there's something vaguely supernatural about it, uh, yes, I'm in.
0: Yeah. And I I don't know. I just get the sense that as big as Bel Air has been and as successful as it has been for Peacock, this has a chance to eclipse it, put it that way. Whether it's the first hit or not doesn't really matter. All right, let's talk about what we've had our eyes on, Brian. It's Halloween. Have you been watching anything scary? Uh, you know what? I, I I I had like
2: four to five people just casually mention, "Oh no, no, no! You should watch uh, the the MCU special, uh, Werewolf Werewolf by Night." Um, and uh, I guess I went in expecting it to be more tied in to the MCU than it was. I mean, it was it's it's a fine uh, it's it, it it was a fine Uh, fun frolic uh, with a lot of tropes from, you know, 1950s black and white uh, horror movies. Uh, I I expected some tie in outside of there being, uh, you know, the bloodstone that I assume is one of the infinity stones Uh, there, there really is nothing else, but I'll tell you what it really reminded me of is um, that good storytelling doesn't need good effects. They intentionally have the werewolf be just a dude in a gorilla suit with a silly mask on and it doesn't matter I'm here for it. Uh I really enjoyed all of this uh the the CG effects on the monster uh try not to be spoiler there's a monster um uh, were just adorable, a lot of uh, emotes, a lot of weird bizarre for the sake of bizarre, being bizarre things like awake where the dead guy speaks in crappy animatronic form. It's great. Uh, I, I had a good time. Just don't expect anything really deep MCU Laurie out of this.
0: Okay. Yeah. Got it. Oh, nice. Werewolf by night. Maybe I'll, I'll, check it out this Halloween evening. Uh, I would like to recommend a show that's a little older, but we've been going back and, and really enjoying it called happiness. Uh, it's another Korean drama. The premise of this one is that as COVID restrictions are easing in Korea, uh, a new threat arises uh, caused by people taking a a prescription drug that they're getting online, kind of doing an end around to the normal controls that causes them to get really thirsty and then want to eat other people. Uh, So it's kind of a zombie thing, but it's not zombies because it's drug induced and then there's a whole situation where the government doesn't want to tell people about it because people are tired of lockdowns and restrictions uh, and they'd rather just try to cover it up. Uh, but then there's one police officer who ends up being immune. She gets bitten and they they take her to this secret facility to, to try to cover it up and, and test her and she has no response. And so they sort of let her back out into the world as long as she agrees to continue to help them. Uh, fight the rising tide of the zombies so if you if you want to check it out uh it's kind of it's kind of a fun spin on the, on the covid thing and the zombie thing and it's called happiness <laughs> it's a
2: fun spin where
0: everybody becomes flesh-eating zombies
2: <laughs>
1: uh, not everybody <laughs> not the female character brian sorry uh, uh.
0: <laughs> not our police lead and her love interest yet although i'm not finished with the series so uh, who knows? i think one of them's gonna get uh, gone john <laughs> tom <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's good stuff. Uh, go check it out. Happiness on Netflix. What should we be on the lookout for, Bryce?
1: Hey, I got a pick for you uh, uh, that ties in with our Spoiler in Time podcast. This week, we're going to start covering season two of The White Lotus on uh, HBO. Uh, this this is great. This is a great series and I'm, I'm really personally excited that season two is back so this is about uh, uh like three groups of, of of folks some couples some families uh who are spending a week at a five-star hotel this new season takes place in sicily uh where the first season took place in hawaii and you get kind of a mix of genres here you get these upper 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 crust guests um who are dealing with the the tensions and the dynamics of being around other uh incredibly wealthy people um but then also there's a murder mystery brewing you know there's a bit of a chekhov's gun at the beginning of the season uh both of these seasons where someone died who how where uh how many people and um and that 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 just simmers right under the bottom of the show until until right at the very end so it's very cool i uh i, I like it we watched we're watching season two for spoiler in time uh so make sure you check that out dot com. uh spoiler free impressions very quickly did we how did we feel about the season
0: oh two? my
2: god i loved it uh setting it in hawaii uh Ooh. and um mm. uh, having all those people
0: mm. um HBO I mean, Max made Brian watch first episode of season one by accident.
2: Where uh, it was no accident. Somebody at HBO Max chose to have that thing take me directly to the wrong first episode yeah. of the wrong season. The
1: Brian light came on. They said, "Oh, we got to redirect him to the other." <laughs>
2: they, got, they sent me a push notification <laughs> and they said, "That show everyone's talking about is on tonight. Press this and watch it." So did Psych.
0: you did you ever watch season two episode one? Yes, I, that's why
2: I was late today. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. So. Spoiler-free impressions? Did anyone do me
2: like it? Oh, it's great. It's great. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> having watched the first episode of season one and the second ep- first episode of season two back-to-back, I enjoyed the parallels. Uh, exact same opening scene. Oh, yeah. Not a spoiler. Starts off on a boat, people chiding each other about how to wave their hands properly. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it.
1: And there's a nice little structure of each episode is one day in the resort. So you kind of always get a nice sort of of uh, Return to, to Center when you uh, get to the end of the episode. I think it's very cool. Uh, yeah. uh, this is The White Lotus. We'll be talking about it on Spoiler in Time, but uh, they've got the first season up already, which is uh, six episodes, and they just aired the first episode of season two. It's coming out on Sundays on HBO and HBO Max. If you've got something we should be on to look for, please email it to us, chordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you.
0: What do you think of when you think of the word scare, Brian? Um uh-
2: Uh, 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 (laughs) unfortunately the first word that pops in is cancer having a cancer scare that's
0: a that's a that's a scary thing and not a wrong answer uh i used that word as the word in the latest episode of a word with tom Merritt, uh talking to a horror author video game designer Cass uh about what scares us and when scare is a good thing, uh, and when it's not, uh, so it's a, it's a great conversation. Uh, if you want to hear me and Casca talk about scare, go to a word I, now I was just one gonna of the ask, ways you could listen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: if, if you well, I mean you'll need a computer of course because it's not like you right. got one in your pocket. You need a full gaming desktop rig. It's the only possible way. You need it. And you got to get it from doghousesystemscom rogue. You got to get it. Spell it right. R O G U E. You'll still upgrade your system and you'll keep us in business.
0: You need it. You want it? Go get it. doghousesystemscom <laughs> rogue. Let's move on to the front lines ah it's a big day espn has sold its controlling stake in the x games to a private equity firm called msp sports capital msp will take over day-to-day operations of the games espn will keep a minority interest and espn and abc will continue to air the x games Uh, but if you didn't know this the the skateboarding uh bicycle trick Snowboarding X Games were founded by ESPN in 1995 uh, to bring a bunch of people to the channel who weren't watching it because they were young and and fill a bunch of hours that they couldn't fill.
2: Uh, Yeah. Well, and this would have also been back in the time when ESPN was pretending that there was an infinite number of sports and all of them deserved coverage so they were out there inventing new sports um i i don't know if this is a testament to espn outgrowing the x games or the x games turning out to be a successful operation on its own
0: Mm. yeah i i think disney which owns espn uh probably looked at it and said "This, this doesn't fit anymore uh, what we want to do with ESPN is cover sports, not run sports, uh, not in our best interest, but let's lock up the coverage of it. We're still going to, because that's what we get the most out of. We don't need to spend our time, money, and expertise running it when MSP Sports Capital can and will.
2: Uh, meanwhile, here's a, a tiny story. Uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek told the Wall Street Journal that Disney is working on a way to tailor your experiences based on how you use its other products Chapek uh, said if you're on Disney Plus we would we should be aware of what happened what you experienced what you liked the last time you visited a park and vice versa when you're in a park we should know that your viewing habits are on uh, on Disney Plus for example if you rode Pirates of the Caribbean at the park you might get special Pirates of the Caribbean programs that show up on your Disney Plus Chapek wouldn't say when this might happen cryptically saying the company is putting the arms and legs on it right now so this isn't isn't about expanding data collection. Disney already has all this data. The question is, how do you feel about Disney using what it knows? I had a hard time even reading that article. <laughs> like, uh, uh, Tom, everything about this grosses me out. I don't know.
0: But they already know it. I know. It's, 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 it's not like they're collecting data about you. It's not like they, they it isn't just sitting there on their, their servers. They're just saying, is it okay for us to, to, to act on it? basically. Uh, and I, I have the same visceral reaction as you two, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but when I'm sitting watching Disney plus and I know they know I like star Wars. Cause I always go to galaxy's edge. When I go to Disneyland, I, I will probably sit there and criticize them. Why aren't you recommending the things I like when you know this about me? So, you know, I, I kind of think it's fine for them to do this as long as they're above board that they're doing it uh and letting you know i that i got no problem with it
2: there, there's a fair bit to unpack on this and we'll talk about it in in after uh after th- after talk after talk that's the name of the segment
0: now if you don't want disney to know stuff about you that that's a different thing but then you wouldn't be using disney things so yeah we'll talk about it on after. i
2: Pop. mean ahead, uh, if
0: comcast if you... oh yeah go ahead <laughs>
2: I, 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 I stated very, very briefly. Uh, I I don't want to see Hamlet, and in the middle of Hamlet's have them say, "I see Brian Brushwood is here in the audience with his three daughters named blah 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 blah." blah. So, yeah, not a fan. You but that would, would be that. in
0: front of everyone else. You would love that. Which uh, would be okay, g- also, <laughs> would love
2: I would that, act yeah. like I don't love. You would no. act. Like... I would act very. Oh, no.
1: No, uh, come on! No, I'm just. It's, uh, no, we're, we're I'm just enjoying the ride like job. everyone else. Yeah. I'm Brian
0: Brushwood. Uh Comcast announced Peacock has around 15 million paid subscribers and 30 million monthly active users across uh, paid and free. NBC president Jeff Shell says he is fairly indifferent as to whether programming airs on linear TV or Peacock. They say they see broadcast and streaming as just delivery mechanisms for the programming. Uh, A good thing, too, as cable subscribers continue to fall at parent company Comcast, down 540,000 to a total of 16 million. Also, I used that Hallmark example earlier in the show on purpose. Starting November 2nd, Hallmark Media, which is not owned by Comcast, will have a hub on Peacock for content from the Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, and Hallmark Drama. Content will include live linear streams and on-demand of movies and drama series. So Hallmark Media, not not just starting their own streaming service, but, but working with Peacock to be an element on there.
2: Yeah, boy, this ties into our first story. Nobody's going to admit that they're dying. Everybody's going to insist that they're just fine, just living in the inside of this stomach of a predator.
1: And there is, from what I can tell, Two ways you can already stream Hallmark things on the web, Hallmark TV and Hallmark right. movies now, mm-hmm. which makes this sound more like the WWE deal that they did earlier this year of screw your screw your app, <laughs> screw your platforms, just move it to Peacock. You don't want to deal with that. Let us hold on to it. We'll serve it for you and you get a cut. I have to imagine.
2: But I that.
0: don't know if it's I don't know if it's exclusive.
1: I
2: mean oh, maybe we, Even if it's not, uh, it could be a toe in the water, you know, uh, kind of like we saw with HBO Go and then independently launching HBO Now and then eventually collapsing Yeah, It might be
0: a way for Hallmark to say, uh, let's see how much this eats into our existing subscriptions. Maybe it won't. And then it's just additional revenue, which is great.
2: Yep. Uh, Google regularly includes terms in its licenses for Android and Android TV that prevent manufacturers from making devices with non-Google versions of Android. Amazon's Fire TV OS is based on Android, so TCL, uh, Xiaomi, is that how I say it, and the Hisense are all pre- prevented from making TVs with Fire TV since they all made Android TVs. Protocol reports that Amazon and Google have come to an agreement, and now Hisense, Xiaomi, and presumably, or and most recently TCL, they've all announced that they have TVs that run Fire OS.
0: Yeah, Uh turns out when several governments, including India, uh, start putting pressure on you to have yet another antitrust lawsuit, uh, you look hard at whether that agreement really makes sense. Uh, we don't know the details, but it seems like they carved out Amazon and said, "Okay." Uh, we don't want uh, just a, any fly-by-night operating system on there because people will think it's us uh, and it might be insecure. But as long as Fire OS is properly branded, which it is, uh, we'll say we're okay with it. But uh, I, I, I would like to know the details on
2: this. Open by you in the chat points out that Roku can't be happy. Uh, I agree very, very much because TCL has, over, since, since the first time I heard the brand, has almost become synonymous with built-in Roku on it
0: yeah uh, but that that's the key here is that Android's agreement didn't touch Roku the reason TCL could make Roku and Android is that Roku isn't based on Android right uh so this this really doesn't affect them except that TCL is now also making fire TV but they were making Android TVs before and Roku was fine uh I'm yeah I'm sure Roku doesn't love it but I, I doubt they hate it as much as maybe you would think A couple other notable pieces of news here. Netflix's animated Sonic series, Sonic Prime, will arrive with 24 episodes on December 15th. Uh, Rocketon's Vicky is going to start carrying a large portion of Tencent dramas outside of China. Uh, Servant has a trailer out for its fourth and final season. That's coming to Apple TV Plus on January 13th. Paramount is adding more than 6,300 episodes of classic TV shows to fast service Pluto, the one that it owns. Uh, New channels will show up for Cheers, Frasier, Star Trek, several Star Treks, uh, along with lots of on-demand options for shows like The Brady Bunch, Gunsmoke, Twilight Zone, Andy Griffith, that kind of stuff. Variety reports that season two of Severance on Apple TV Plus will add Gwendolyn Christie, Alia Shockett, and John Noble, among several others, to the cast. And deadline sources say a series called Vision Quest is in development by Marvel and will pick up the story of Vision after the end of WandaVision. Uh,
2: that's so wild because we were talking about uh, Disney Plus's relationship with a uh, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe in, in television form. And I, we were trying to picture what a sequel to WandaVision would even look like. And I guess now, now we're going to get to find out.
0: I guess we'll find out. Yeah. All right, let's move to the dispatches from the front. Uh, Sean, the dad, and Russ from Houston both wrote in emails uh, taking issue with Brian's assertion that binging is part of the brand of Netflix. Uh,
2: Yeah. uh, As a matter of fact, uh, most people uh, chimed in on that. Um, uh, So on one side, we have most of everybody hearing my voice right now disagreeing with me however fortunately on my side netflix is agreeing with me <laughs> because hence they're doubling down on our brand means binging uh, with their recent statement but but i did find it uh, everybody had really really good um uh, explanations the emails were were uh, so good that we couldn't get we, we we have to summarize them here. Uh, but uh, people are pointing out, for example, uh, Sean, the dad says uh, they named their company Netflix, not net TV or net shows or net series or anything like that, uh, making the case that it's all about um, uh, the, the content and that whether or not you're binging it is immaterial. Um, I, 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 I would disagree, but that's OK. That's what makes the world great because Netflix agrees with me. <laughs>
0: uh, and then I like this one from Amr. Uh, trying not to be too long winded with this one. Thank you. Uh, There were a couple of things I found interesting that I'd like to hear your opinion on. The first is that Apple recently officially announced they'll release Blu-rays for most of their shows in the UK. There have been some Apple TV plus Blu-rays with some availability earlier this year, and Defending Jacob was officially released on Blu-ray, but this is the first time Apple TV or any streaming service I can think of really has publicly announced that the majority of their slate will be available on Blu-ray. Notably absent is Severance, which I would really like to watch without a subscription. I also find it slightly amusing that these shows will be available to purchase in physical form, but not on another Apple service, iTunes. Uh, well, there really isn't an iTunes anymore, but I, I, I know what you what you mean, Amir. Uh It's you can't buy them individually from Apple. You have to get them through Apple TV Plus. But I think that makes sense, which is just pay us a monthly subscription fee, and you get all of it. Uh, we're not we don't need to sell them individually. We want you to sub- sign up for that subscription fee.
2: Yeah, but man, uh, if I walk away from Apple TV Plus, then down the road I want to show somebody just severance. Ugh, I, I sure would. Love to have it locally that I own.
0: Yeah, no, no, I I, I get that, uh, which is why I think it's interesting they're putting, I know it's not Severance is the one exception here, but they're putting so many things on Blu-ray as, as your option for that. Like if you want to own it, own it uh, instead of getting a, a download that's, that's sort of malleable and has DRM on it. Uh, just, just get a Blu-ray and then you actually own it. Yeah because you got the physical thing. Uh, Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time.
2: Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going on?
0: I'm just hanging out here, watching the scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing?
2: Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons. All these wonderful. I'm sorry, names. I'm
0: too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, Patreon.com/slash/CordKillers would be the place to go.
2: I mean, they are scratch—they're scratching our itch, like because we're addicted. I think addicted. as long as
0: it's consensual, like we're—we're
2: we're addicted to their money
0: and love. Might as well face it. Well, (laughs) God damn it. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.